0: Hey everyone, welcome back for episode 95 of the PATH Podcast, I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you've decided to join us on the path this week. Uh, As we continue in Missions Month here at Lafayette First, we have another great interview for you to hear this week. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. Um, But we are also continuing on in the book of Revelation. We were in the middle section of Revelation 11 this week. And so, um, Derek, just help us to understand kind of what's going on here, because it is one of those scenes that is... I think it's one of those scenes that if you have any history in church you're at least familiar with, like you've heard of it before, but there's a lot going on under the yeah. surface of what's happening here in these passages. So um, maybe, maybe just give us the, the Cliff Notes version of, of what you talked about yesterday, and then we can dig a little deeper on a couple of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we continue to follow uh, these witnesses and their, um, <clears throat> their story. Of uh, faithfulness in the midst of um, Satan's empire and kingdom, the kingdom of this world, pressing in on them, and they stood firm. And you know, um, it even says like what they did, just standing firm and boldly proclaiming the love of Jesus, yeah. like tormented all those who heard it. Right, right. right. <clears throat> yeah. Them just living for Jesus is <clears throat> what, it. was a torment
0: to other people. Right,
1: and so they, they stood firm, though it was not received at all. Yeah. Received, I wouldn't even say well, it just wasn't even received. Yeah. Um, which I think is a good reminder to us, this is just kind of a quick aside, um, that everyone's not always going to be like team Jesus because we are, you know? Yeah. like um I, I hope and pray that our faithfulness to God is not dependent upon uh, whether people like it or not yeah absolutely and we talked about it last week you don't have to be a jerk like yeah, that's different you know and unfortunately, I know a lot of Christians that have been just turds um and have given us all a bad name yeah um, in the name of faithfulness and that's not it it's 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 not that yeah. it's not. Um, being a jerk just the gospel is confrontive you know the gospel is offensive to people right. I mean, that's the bible tells us that so yeah well and i think too that it's a good it's
0: a good point to remind ourselves that our job is not to win people to the gospel mm-hmm. our job is to share the gospel right and so there's not going to be it's not it's not dependent on us and yeah. how well we deliver the message for whether or not somebody's going to receive the gospel
1: yeah absolutely we stand in the we stand in faithfulness mm-hmm to Christ and the gospel and uh, His message, we, we let it do it. We let it do its work, right? Uh, Th- and
0: that's not to say that we don't share in a winsome way. No, <laughs> but yeah. well, the Bible tells us yeah. to speak
1: and speak the truth in love. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. We we do all that. It's going to be offensive, sure, anyway, yeah. to the world. It torments them, you know. Yeah. Nothing about what the witnesses did was like them walking around like <laughs> no, not looking people or whatever. Like it was just the sheer fact that they were being faithful mm-hmm. to God Almighty, and that's the, that is the opposition in their mind, right? You know, how could you be faithful to this God? This uh, He goes against everything, that yeah. We do well, so because of that kind of tormenting and, and everything, the um. The enemy that Peter reminds us is like a roaring lion Mm -hmm. seeking whom he may devour. That beast, the representative of this kingdom, comes from the abyss, and he seeks, kills, and destroys, and devours these witnesses. Right, And um, they're left for dead in the city that Jesus was crucified in. And here it's personified as... Sodom and Egypt. Sodom mm-hmm. because of the sheer wickedness that Sodom is representative of in Scripture. Right. And then Egypt because that's where um, the followers of, of God were, were persecuted. And so um, that happens right there in the middle of the streets. They're left. They're left dead mm-hmm. um, for three and a half days. Their corpses are rotting in the in the streets, and yep. people are throwing a party. Man. Right. Like, it's like these people who tormented us, they're dead. Their God is dead. We can just be done with all that mess. Yeah.
0: They even exchanged presents, it yeah. says. Yeah. yeah,
1: which is just, you know, a way for us to see, like, how much um, the world we live in <clears throat> really has has no desire yeah. to be told they can't live for themselves. Right. And they, they must live for a higher power and a higher being so <clears throat> all that is saying you know it's this this unreal situation it's um it parallels jesus's death burial resurrection yeah uh, because three days three and a half days later um with the language that is used also in ezekiel mm-hmm. it says life was breathed into them like the valley of dry bones that the right. life was bre- breathed into through prophecy and so what was dead was given life. yeah, And it, it's indicative of just how God works and yeah. how God has worked for forever. And that he made things um, inanimate, yeah. <laughs> un, unanimated beings and things. And some of those were dead, but even, I'm thinking even of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that he formed from the dust of the ground, right? breathed life <clears throat> into them, and that's what God does. He breathes life mm-hmm. into unexpected things. Right. Like things that we just wouldn't we wouldn't do. And even situations like right. like the worst of situations God uses for good. I'm reminded of Joseph who, you know, had mm-hmm. this dream, this grandiose dream from God about how he was gonna rule over his family members. They ostracized him. They kicked him you know, the brothers you know, conspired against him, or right. they were going to kill him. Uh, Reuben talks him out of it. They summon him into slavery instead. Mm-hmm. Lie to their dad that he's dead. Um, he's sold into slavery. He goes from there. He elevates to a place of servitude in Potiphar's house. He uh, is uh, chased down by Potiphar's wife, uh, falsely accused, sent to prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, like just the worst stuff right. happens. to Right. Them. And somehow at the end of it all, when he finally is ruling over his brothers and family and uh, they find out who he is, the second command of -hmm. of, uh, Pharaoh's, uh, all of Pharaoh's land, all of Egypt, particularly the stores of grain for seven years that are Mm -hmm. not, you know, they're just supposed to help Egypt. But all these other towns dealing with famine, hear about it as well. Yeah. They come in and find out who he is and just figure that he's going to kill them. Yeah. The brothers just figure out, you know, oh, he's going to kill us because of what we did, and they mm-hmm. beg him not to. And he's like, "Listen, well, you intended for evil, God intended for good." And mm-hmm. so he understood that idea that God breathes lives, mm-hmm. yeah. re- breathes life into unexpected circumstances, situations, and 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 people and and things, and that's just how God deals and works. Right. And so you know, it reminds us that you know things may be terrible in, in, in our lives at times like just you know we're not promised that everything's going to be great um, and oftentimes, you know it's real tough you know we go through really tough things really tough seasons and I, I preached yesterday this type of this message and as I'm looking into the audience I see people who are going through the hardest yeah. things of their lives right right uh, the hardest things um cancer diagnosis, loss of a of a um, long marriage yeah, um, because their husband or, or loved one passed away. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I just know we go through tough times and it doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. Right. It doesn't mean that God is not with us. In fact, he utilizes those things yeah. and breathes life into them. And uh, and and though um, he doesn't take those things away, he gives us uh, the ability to walk through them. Yeah, because he um, walks with us. That's them. right. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I said yesterday, sometimes he just picks us up and grabs us and drags us along. Yeah, because we we have no strength right. to do that ourselves. Right. Yeah. So yeah I think that's important. I've seen that true in my life. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it a lot here on the podcast that. Mm-hmm where we've seen like these terrible things we've had to face and God got us through them and yeah. breathed life into us through those things. Um, and that's what he does. Yeah. And so,
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's um, to me, that that's kind of where I'd like for us to camp out for just a few minutes. It's just the idea that, um, you know, you had said that God breathes life into us and we we've said it before on the podcast and here at church that, that we in Christ, we are not bad people that God made good, but we are mm-hmm. dead people that God has made alive. And um, when when we think about, I think when we when we have that perspective, when we think about life that way. That really changes the way that we react to any situation in our life. That um, I'm not saying it's easy, but but the the place that we should get to is where anything that happens in our life, our first response should not be, why me, God? Mm-hmm. Our first response should be, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's a difficult, that's a difficult perspective to gain. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one that we should strive toward because um, like you said, God uses everything <clears throat> that we go through yeah. to mold us and shape us into the people that he's created us to be. And sometimes, I mean, just like take take the spirituality aspect out of it for just a second. There's just some life lessons that are just hard to learn. Mm-hmm. And and you can't really learn them any other way than going through difficulty. Yeah. Um, and and I've, I've known that to be true in my life. And, and I think it's true in our spiritual lives as well, that there are certain aspects of our relationship with God that are hard to get a full grasp of without having to go through some difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like we sang yesterday yesterday, that if we want to identify with Christ in His resurrection, we have to identify with Christ in His sufferings as well. Yeah, and um, and that's not popular. That's not fun, but it's but it's reality. And God uses that for His glory and for our good. And um, and so I I think that um, just this idea of God breathing life in the most unexpected situations and circumstances is something that um, that we really need to. We really need to try to grasp that. Ask God to help. God help me have that perspective every day, um, because we. I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. I don't know what's going to happen in the next fifteen minutes. But um, whatever comes, I can know that God, um, because of what I read in Scripture and what I know of God, I know that no matter what comes, God is good. Mm. No matter what comes, God will use it for His glory. Um, and I, I have to. We have to be okay with um, God ultimately being glorified may not mean that everything is well for me. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not fun (laughs) to to talk about or think about, but, um, I believe that it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and because of that, I think that that is where we get to that final point that you made yesterday that, that, um, through everything that we've seen so far in revelation, and it's, it's going to continue to ramp up in intensity, but, um, through everything that's happened, where these trumpets have been blown, where seals have been broken, and judgment has happened, those things are not what has caused people to turn back toward God and say, "Oh my gosh, let's this God is real." The thing that has kept people or that has turned people's attention to glorify Him, as we see here in chapter eleven, is the faithfulness of God's people in the midst of all of that chaos, um, and that's, I think, that's really. Um, the testimony to, to an onlooking world is not that everything goes well for us all the time, but that in the midst of the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of life, we remain faithful and trusting in our God because we know that we have a future hope. We know that there's something to look forward to.
1: Yeah. And to connect the two also, you know, you're saying something and and really to suffer for God is an honor. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm reminded of uh, the apostles, and mm-hmm. they went to the temple. And they got in trouble for something. And they got flogged, yeah. and uh, <laughs> they ended up walking away from it. They walk away rejoicing that they, they yeah. would be counted worthy of mm-hmm. enduring pain and suffering, yeah. just as their Savior had. Right, right. Now they were closer to that, and so, and closer to Jesus, mm-hmm. and saw what he did and understood it. Yeah. But you know, the same is true for us today. Um, that it's an honor. It's an honor because. We wouldn't even be walking around as spiritual beings had God yeah. not breathed life into us to begin with. Absolutely, yeah. um, <clears throat> the Bible tells us that we are dead in our trespasses and sin, and that Ooh. God made us alive. Yeah, um, and so we are alive spiritually because God has breathed life into us. We yeah. know these things because God has given us eternal life, mm-hmm. um, and so it is an honor, and it's a privilege, and. Uh, it is through that faithfulness that that um, God walks us in and walks us through that uh, is the most impactful to a watching world. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm I thought of Elijah. You know, Elijah said, "Hey, I want <clears throat> to, you know, know where God is," and and God, you know, says, "Yeah, you know, hey, come with me," and and um, he was, uh, you know. A tornado came, an earthquake yeah. came, all these these natural disasters. Yeah. And the, the Scripture says God was not in the tornado. God was not in the earthquake. God yeah. was not in all these things. And then a, a still, small voice, a mm-hmm. whisper came through, and yeah. God was in that. And the whisper of God, the still, small voice of God, is people like you and me mm-hmm. and the witnesses, the church, yeah. the body of Christ trudging on yeah. in the midst of... Um, mockery, mm-hmm. in the midst of a culture um, that despises us, yeah. it's tormented by us, it's it's us marching on um, uh, and marching in faithfulness to our God mm-hmm. in the midst of trial and circumstance and suffering and difficulty and cancer mm-hmm. and death and grief. And loss and all these things and it's just saying we will be faithful to our God yeah because our God is faithful to us and it's that still small voice that that whisper of that mm-hmm. it's not and that's what we see here is it's not this dynamic boom this dynamic you know thing all that was happening and that did not cause the people to turn turn mm-hmm. uh, to God and give him glory it was what God had done in the life of the the witnesses, the, yeah. the, those faithful to him, it was what he had done in, in their lives mm-hmm. that was so like, oh, my goodness, this right. is a this is a good God and we will give him glory. Yeah, um, you know, even even I'm think I'm thinking right now of Rahab mm. who was uh, awaiting, knowing that God was a, a God who uh, put down judgment because yeah. it's like, listen, um, you guys, if you're with that God, we've heard about him. We know his reputation. Yeah. And it was, it was her realizing who God was because he had seen the people, she had seen the people of God, um, make it through trial yeah. and tribulation. And, uh, and I think, I think that's, uh, that carries out through all scripture that God And his faithfulness in our lives is the thing that causes people to say, wait a second, there's something else here. There's more to it here. And I'm going to, that God uses that to turn them to glorify him.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I think that makes a great connection (coughs) to our interview
0: for this week, because um, the wonderful thing is that we do get to be witnesses to the world and we get to share the same hope that we Mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. Um, And in, in fact, Not just that we get to. We are commanded to go and share that hope with the world. And so this week on the podcast, we have Keith Ivey from the Georgia Baptist Mission Board um, here to um, talk to us about opportunities that we have through the Georgia Baptist Mission Board to go and share that faith. And that can be done across the street. It can be done across the country. It can be done around the world. Um, We have that opportunity to connect that way um, through the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, which we are a part of here at Lafayette First. So take a moment and listen to this interview where we interviewed Keith Ivey, and then we'll be back in just a minute to wrap things up. All right, well, as we said, we are here with Keith Ivey from the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Uh, Keith has the distinguished title of being the first return guest on the PATH Podcast, and so welcome, Keith. We're glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. I will receive that well. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So today, um, just uh, if you could, just maybe for people who are new listeners or people who don't remember, just um, if you would introduce yourself, remind us of the position that you hold at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, um, and then just kind of
2: what what's some work that is going on right now. Wow. Well, that's a lot. My um, title is Missions Consultant, and I get to serve the churches of North Georgia in the area of helping churches develop a greater engagement with local, regional, national, international missions. Uh, That's in terms of strategy planning and and developing structures and teams and plans, but also in terms of engaging in church-to-church partnerships in many of those areas. In addition to that, I'm also working with church planting in North Georgia recently and excited to be able to facilitate some of those conversations and make connections for churches that want to plant churches as well as church planters that have a vision for for planting a congregation. Um, and as far as opportunities, wow, we, uh, of course are heading into the last quarter of the year where, uh, most of us go, what a year and Christmas is coming, right? Yes. And so, uh, but we're making plans for the next year. And so one of the things that I like to tell pastors and churches now is I'm available to make those plans. Um, you know, to, to look ahead into 2023 and even farther, uh, what steps you might need to take to begin to do something different in the area of engaging your congregation in Acts 1-8 vision. Um, so those opportunities are ongoing, and I'm always ready to do that whether that's meeting with a mission team or meeting with uh, mission leaders in a church or a pastor or pastoral staff or a missions pastor, if they have one, just to talk about what that would look like and the resources we have to offer. Of course, as a convention, we have offered, we're have we offering resources in the area of strategic development. And so uh, fundamentally, we want a church to change the way they look and engaging with their culture, their community, their world. We want to offer them some structure on how to do that with a, with a team approach, maybe perhaps, or, or just with the, just a little more direct um, engagement, you know, a little more of a plan. I think one of the things that we find, or I see in churches, is that we lack a plan for missions engagement. We're just kind of doing this, we're kind of doing that, but sometimes we recognize if you don't have a plan, you know, you're you're really just kind of, as some say, you're planning to fail in a sense, or you're you're not going to achieve any objective if you don't have one, and so that's such an important thing to be intentional about it. You know, we know what is intentional when we go out to the community. We have to be intentional to share the gospel. We have to be intentional to be on mission. So that, that's fundamentally what I'd love to see churches do. But then also this, just multiple, just a bunch of opportunities for engaging in places like New England and Utah and Idaho, uh, in uh, Peru and Argentina, and then with church plants that are starting across Georgia. Um, there's just a, just any, any way a church can enter into that process um, uh, is a good thing. And, and there's just so many on ramps to joining those places and, and those things.
0: Yeah. That's great. So um,
2: maybe if you could dig in for just a second
0: on what, what does it look like um, from the Georgia Baptist mission board perspective to help a church take the next step? and whatever level they're at what what does that look like to to take the next step when it comes to missions
2: well you know our our motto if you will what we keep saying lately is hey uh we exist to uh to help local churches advance the gospel i mean that's really that we serve we serve churches in order to advance the gospel and so You know, that simple idea of taking that next step is so fundamental for all of us. I mean, it's it's hard when you think of a church or a group of leaders sitting down and saying, hey, I want to partner with a church on the international scale. Never done it before, maybe never even been out of the southeast on a mission trip or any kind of missional engagement or or, or just, you know, there's limited experience there. So it just seems like a daunting thing to take the step and, and go to Peru or go to Argentina and partner with a local church especially when you're talking about a long-term partnership, I think the first step for those things is really just to, to make a decision to do it, just to say, hey, this year we're going to engage in some kind of partnership uh, internationally. And that might be a Zoom call, that might be a um, just uh, beginning to pray for an area. It might be learning about a a geographic location or about the the work that the IMB is doing in that area. It might be just adopting a people group to pray for. Those things simply beginning, of course, with prayer to to engage, you know, that's fundamental to everything. Um, I I was thinking about this question before uh, you called it. What would I say? And I think I would say, put something on the calendar. (laughs) I would just say, I'd say pick a target, put something on the calendar, and plan for it. Um, and and just kind of, I know this is uh, it, this kind of takes us a little abroad, but I when I became, um, I went to my pastor at the church I attend and said, hey, I'm doing this. Uh, can we engage in some of these opportunities? He said, well, I've been thinking about restarting our missions team. Would you chair it? And I said, oh, sure, I'd be glad to do that. And so my first meeting was. This is what I told them. I said, okay, I'm gonna do this, but you have to understand that this year we're sending a team to New England and my pastor is going to Peru. That's that's it. Everything else is negotiable. So we, we, set, we just set a target. I, I really don't think there's anything that I'm doing in terms of these areas of engagement that absolutely any congregation and any group could do. Um, scale is important, obviously. Uh, one church can send more than others. Um, but uh, but but that's important to recognize that uh, just the idea of taking a next step is so fundamental and and it could be just as simple, like I said, as um, just picking a place to begin to pray for.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that's I think that's um, helpful. We had not done anything with um, anyone except for youth, here at this church up until last year and um our our step uh, was a little even smaller because we had not done anything and so we just went out of the state and so we went to Kentucky uh and then we went again this year and my hope and prayer is to get something on the calendar uh for international um soon so I, I think you're right you know um we took 7 the first uh, trip mm-hmm. which was great it, it, you know i had hoped for more but we took 7 well this year we took um we took 11 so you know it it grew we were, we had 15 sign up and we just had some conflicts so you know it um i think you're right i think just putting something on the calendar against something planned uh is is uh, half the battle mm-hmm.
2: so one of the things that you mentioned going to Kentucky, and I talked to a lot of churches that have existing, and I know you went in response to some of the disaster recovery and ministry, and probably partnered with the church They're doing that. But other churches may have been going to an area they've taken backpacks for years, which is wonderful, right? They're coming alongside an existing community ministry, and they're they're partnering with them, and and they'll say to me, "Hey, Keith, we've been going to Kentucky." Um, Uh, let's talk about mission opportunities. I said, well, Kentucky is your first mission opportunity. What do you mean? Well, Oh, are you working with the local church in that area? Well, we're sort of working with the local church. Well, have you thought about going to that pastor who you already know, you already love, you already have a relationship with and saying, hey, what can we do to encourage your conversation, com- congregation on a deeper level in evangelism and discipleship? What can we do to encourage your leaders? What can we do to, 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 to be a part of the vision you have for that local community? That's an immediate next step. Sometimes with next steps, they're they're right there in the midst of what we're already doing. Um, It might be the crisis pregnancy center locally where we've given money through the baby bottles, right? You put the change in the baby bottles, which is awesome. But they might need somebody to be on their board. And how often our churches don't recognize that we have business leaders that are right there ready to go. So our next step might be to engage in that way. So there's just it just probably depends on where you are. And I guess um, I, I love that idea of saying, hey, what are you doing? What's missing from this picture? What more, so to speak, can you do in that area?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great reminder that um I think that a lot of people, uh, us included, that a lot of times when we think missions, our mind immediately goes to this gigantic step that we have to take. Right. But missions happens right in our own backyard. And and we forget that sometimes. I think we overlook that. Uh, but that's a great reminder to to just be uh be intentional to use your word while I go, be intentional about how we interact with people that are right
2: in our own backyard. So. Well, it's all about relationships, even right. internationally. I mean, all missions sort of really is local missions. You're working with a local kingdom, New Testament entity somewhere else, and it's they're going to be there when you're gone. So, you know, whether it's Kentucky or whether it's Argentina, you're going to say, hey, share your vision with me. What is God saying to you about how he's called you to minister this community? And how can I partner with you? with the resources God has given us, how can we knit ourselves together and work together to see that vision accomplished? Or maybe you might say, well, not my vision. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Not what I've been called to do. And you need to look elsewhere.
0: Yeah. And I think that's okay. It's good. It's good to be able to recognize that too. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, how could, or what, what are some ways that we here at Lafayette First could get involved with what um, the Georgia Baptist Mission Board is doing uh, in the area of missions?
2: So, uh, obviously, you know, in terms of as you develop your mission team and strategy, I mean, there's, there's resources there, and we've talked about that some already. But what I would say is, in terms of international missions especially, um, there are at least two opportunities to go on partnership trips next year. Um, Lord willing, uh, we are planning uh, to go to northern Peru, uh, Piura, which is on the, almost to Ecuador, um, we'll fly into Lima and then fly to Pura for a visit with a pastor who has uh, relationships with nine different churches and church plants in his regions and other pastors in the area. They're a partnership with the Peruvian Baptist Convention. So we're going to go up. That's brand new. He's very excited about us coming. He's one of their key national mission leaders um, and just been praying with him, talking with him, he's eager for us to come. We had hoped to come this year, but uh, we are going, Lord willing, uh, towards the end of March. Second, to that, Argentina is uh, proving to be an exciting place to serve. Um, we have um, seven, a team of seven IMB missionaries in Argentina. That's four missionary units um, and some children, obviously. And they are two of those units are church planting teams in the in the central district of Buenos Aires, an area where there are not many churches at all. Certainly, not many evangelical churches. Um, and less, as you know, how cities develop. And so this is the city center. This is a lot of professionals there. Uh, they're, they're encouraged. Uh, you know. They're, they're, they're seeking to reach that population and working with local churches to plant a church in those areas. Two of those teams do that. Uh, a team could go and partner with them. A team could go and come alongside the, the collegiate strategy that they're developing. And we're developing along with them to evangelize and disciple college students that partnership trip, uh, I'm looking maybe towards early June, uh, for a team to go. Now that, that trip would also have the possibility of going to another city beyond Buenos Aires, a city called Rosario, where they are, they are seeking to have some pastor training, pastoral, you know, uh, training. And that's through their request through the, 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 the seminary that we've kind of related to there. They've said, Hey, could you go do that? And so far, uh, that opportunity hasn't come to fruition, but, um, Lord willing, we can, uh, we can investigate it. So those are two, fir- those are two great opportunities coming up. Uh, also looking at going to northern Idaho, um, probably in May. Again, all of this in God's plans. Um, we'll fly to Spokane, Washington, drive across to Coeur d'Alene, and then up to Bonner's Ferry. There's a pocket of about 16 Idaho Southern Baptist churches that are across the mountains from the rest of their convention, the Idaho, uh, Utah, SBC, they're isolated um, and they're eager to partner. Um, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an adventurous place to go, it's exciting to go, but the, the idea of coming alongside brothers and sisters in such a remote location to be able to say, hey, we love you, we wanna come alongside you, whether it's in mission trips, prayer, whatever the Lord allows, um, that's an opportunity coming up in May. And then, lastly, I'll just say um, mission uh, and a big mission partnership that, that we all recognize is the concept of partnering with a church plant. And it, as we kind of bring that out or, 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 or roll that out a little bit, there'll be opportunities for churches to partner across the state, literally uh, with mission part church plants.
0: Yeah, that's great. Where would, uh, where would people go to get more information about those trips?
2: Well, right now, there are two Facebook groups that, uh, that serve North Georgia churches um, for in the area of missions, one's for the Northwest, one's for the Northeast. So GBMB missions in Facebook uh, slash Northeast Northwest, uh, mm-hmm. or you can just, uh, they can message me and be a part of that. That's, that's where I'm sharing most of those opportunities, okay. um, but I'm going to be putting those details out in the next month or so, especially about Pura. Uh, the pastor has made, uh, pastor and I have talked about, we're, 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 we're praying towards being able to set that date in November and he's very serious about it. I am too. So we're yes. excited about it. There
1: you go. Very cool. Keith, thank you so much. We're appreciative of your uh, partnership and friendship and uh, uh, help all, all the help you have helped us with, and we uh, look forward to continued ministry together as well. So thank you so much.
2: I'm grateful for First Baptist Lafayette. I'm grateful for your your leadership there. Everything I hear about the church and the work is a blessing. And I pray for you. And I'm just grateful again, like, like you said, to be a part of this relationship and this partnership uh, for the gospel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Keith, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank
2: you for having me. All right. Thanks.
0: All right. Yes. Yeah, so well, we do thank Keith for being on the podcast as the first return guest. It's a high honor. So uh, we're glad that he was able to join us there. Uh, but this is where we turn it over to you. How is God um, specifically placed you to be a witness for him? Think think about that. What, what um, situations do you find yourself in regularly where you can be a witness for him? We'd love to hear about that and to help encourage you in that. You can email us at thepath at first.life. Or you can comment right on this YouTube video or on the Facebook post. But we would love to interact with you and talk about how we can encourage one another to continue to share the goodness of God with other people. Um, We'll continue next week. Uh, We'll be on to uh, one one more interview for Missions Month uh, next week. And then we'll um, also be wrapping up Revelation chapter 11. So until then, I am Jason. I'm Derek. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue down the path.